A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 123 of Confessions of a Marketer, fire them now. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Philip Stutz is in to talk marketing, politics, and his new book, Fire Them Now. We'll get to that in a moment. Coming soon, we'll have the former SVP of Overstock.com, Jeff Atkinson. Jeff is now founder and CEO of Huckabay. He'll be by to talk about SEO and taking Overstock.com from zero in revenue to $300 million in just a few years. Then, right as the year ends and the next year begins, Jeff Hahn, principal of Apron, an agency focused on marketing and PR in the food business, will be with us. And Mel Edwards, global CEO of Wonderman Thompson, will join us soon. We also have episodes planned with Joe Auer, who runs Mattress Clarity, and Jocelyn Kopak on building a great brand. So stay tuned. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. All right, on to Philip Stutz. Philip has an interesting book that I recommend very strongly. It's called Fire Them Now, The Seven Lies Digital Marketers Sell and the truth about political strategies that help businesses win. That's a mouthful, but I tell you, it's a great read. Philip has an interesting background, which we get into over the next two episodes. So let's get to it. Philip, really happy to have you on Confessions of a Marketer. Welcome. Man, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Can you give me your background and what led you to your current role and what you do for a living, all that? Oh man, it uh, you know it's very interesting. I have a political marketing agency and a separate corporate marketing agency. I've worked in politics since 1996, so for over 20 years. And one of the massive disruptions that's coming into the corporate marketing world right now is something that we have faced for 20, you know forever in the political marketing world, and that is. In the face of so many options out there, how do you target customers or clients effectively with your marketing and the things they care about? And it all comes back to, in 1996, I started working in politics and I got the bug. The bug is that 
when you when you wake up every morning and you're fighting for and working for things you believe in, it's a pretty addictive job or industry to work in. And and so all I've ever thought about for 24 plus years now or 23 plus years now is what do voters think? How do voters feel about this candidate? What do they care about? And then devising marketing strategies to serve them. And so it was a natural fit when I wrote the book was this is how I think about customers and clients. You know, I mean, my whole background has been that I really, I love the politician, but I really care about the voters and I want to know what moves them, what drives them so I can devise a marketing strategy that wins for my political clients. In the same vein on the corporate side, I love the business owners we work with. They're really passionate about everything they do. But they always want to talk about their business, about their product, about their service. They don't always say, what does my customer or client think of my business, my product, my service? And so I'm obsessed with getting to what the customer thinks and delivering marketing in a way that connects with them. And I've just always done it. And everybody's got a phone in front of their face right now. And no one is making real marketing or advertising connections. They're running banner ads or whatever, and no one is clicking on them. And it's the ROI on that's horrible. And I just try to look at it differently. I try to make deeply emotional ads and marketing campaigns that connect with customers. And I use data with everything we do. Yeah. I've talked a lot about data on this podcast, but I've also talked a lot about how humans react to marketing or to a brand. And it's a visceral thing, whether it's B2B, whether it's consumer, or whether it's a politician. There's something that happens inside of you that says, I feel good about that, or I don't want to do that. (laughs) To me, at least, that's what marketing is all about, connecting with the person you want to sell a product to. It totally is. I'll give you an example. We work with a national pest control company. They quadrupled their company on the backs of the Great Recession in 2008, 2009. And they did it by marketing to discounts. They basically guessed a marketing campaign and it worked. But what happens when you (laughs) guess... That happens more than you'd think, right? It does. But what happens is eventually it doesn't and they don't know why. Sure. So they came into our fold and we said, well, what are your customers think? And they said, discounts. And we said, no, no, I know that's how you run. That's what you want to talk about. But they said, well, we grew the company discounts. And I said, well, what happened in the last two years? They said, we lost money after spending eight figures on their marketing budget. They lost you know, market share. And I went, why? They said, they don't know. And one of the things we do is everything I do is database. So sure. I have a partnership with the largest data collection company in America. I can literally overlay a customer base on this you know, data platform, and we can tell you everything about what they feel, what they care about, what their values are in life, what they read, what, what they watch at night. I can also tell you the pl- social media platforms are on in chronological order. That is a way to start a marketing campaign. You know everything about them. Now you know how to deliver the goods to them. So what happened? We took them through our process. We took them through this five-step process we have, right, where we find out what the data says, and then we develop a strategic plan, and then we work on their brand because their brand wasn't meeting the needs of 
the consumer. And then we started testing at very low cost because I think, you know, one of the lines of my book is you, everybody tests. I believe you test at low cost, not high cost, because you got to figure out what works. And we tested all of our messages. And part of that was they wanted to, the customers wanted to know that this particular pest control or, you know, that when they invested in like a pest control company that they were family owned. Well, it was yeah. a family owned business. They didn't want discounts. Discounts were cheap because they were a high upper income bracket customer. And the economic conditions have improved so much over the last few years that when you hear the word discount, it turns them off. But what we found in the data is they highly bundled services like phone, cable, internet, things like that. They bundled services. So that was a smart way for them, the customer, to feel like they were saving money. So we re wired their entire marketing strategy based on what the customer wanted. We produced an ad. The ad was complete comedy. It was about the, you know, the things that pester you in life. Yeah. You know, it showed a guy snoring out loud. It showed people in traffic. It was all this stuff. And then we, it was basically, we can't control the things that pester you, but we can't control what, the pests in your home. That was the concept of the ad. In the text of the ad, we, did, we mentioned all the things in the data. This past May of 2019, they had the largest month in the history of their company once we launched that campaign. The largest month in the history of their company. It's a national pest control company. You know their name. And the reason being is that we use data. We put a strategic plan together. We help rebrand them. We tested all the messages to figure out which ones work best. And then we launched the campaign. And too often, business owners aren't following those steps. They start with step five. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And they lose a ton of money. They throw their hands up in the air. They fire a marketing agency and they go hire another one and say, well, I hope it works out. Yeah. Patience is not a virtue for a lot of people in corporate America. <laughs> no. It's not a patience for me, so I understand how they feel. <laughs> You mentioned your book. It's called Fire Them Now, The Seven Lies Digital Marketers Sell. Can you walk me through that book and its thesis and share those seven lies if you dare? Well, I, here's the deal. I think if we walked through all seven, we'd be here all day. So what I'll do is let me walk through the thesis of it and I'll give you a great example of one and yeah. it'll set it up so you'll, your audience understands. Uh, where I'm coming from. Really, I'm going to say something that is going to blow your mind. <laughs> Good. Political marketers are more ethical, more honest than corporate marketers. And here's why. And the reason is, is that I interviewed over 100 CEOs for this book, from a Fortune 500 CEO to mid nine figures, eight figures, all around. And I found out there were these consistencies across the board, which ended up being the seven lives. What shocked me was that in political marketing, none of these things apply. It would never yeah. fly. We'd be fired in a second if we did any of these things. My whole attempt in the book is that the business owner must win and grow their business. And by the way, using a key word here called win, because I come from politics, we talk about winning. We yeah. don't really talk about brand management. Yeah, because coming in second place as a brand is okay, but coming in second place in politics is, is out not of good. Yeah. Yeah. So my point is, is that I believe the ethical way marketers should work is that the company 
succeeds first, and then the marketer can succeed second on, in their own business. I believe that is an ethical line that is being breached by almost 99% of marketers out there. For example, line number one, and it's going to go against the grain. It's not probably what you think, but hold with me and I'll explain why. <laughs> line number one is you must sign a long-term contract with a marketing agency. That is complete and utter unethical fraud, in my opinion. I've worked in marketing for almost 25 years. I've never had a contract that was not month to month. Every contract I've ever signed is month to month. I'm an at-will vendor. I can be fired at any moment. You don't like the way I'm working? You don't think I'm performing for you? You can fire me. What? And you could fire the company too, right? Well, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess so. But that, the point is, is this. What is my focus as a marketer? If I have a, sh- a month-to-month contract, is it my focus to make sure they succeed first? Because if they succeed, I keep my contract. Is yeah. the focus to innovate constantly for them, to communicate, to help them grow, to get them to where they need faster? Or under the long-term contract, and this is what every CEO told me, They've gone through two or three marketing agencies. Most, all of them had not worked out in this regard. Things didn't go well with the marketing campaign. They found out that the marketing company wasn't what they said they were, but the company could not fire them because they had a six to 12 month contract in place. So the marketing company made money, but the business owner didn't. I think that is a complete asinine model. My model is month to month. The first month you work with me, if you don't like what, you, what we do, I give you your money back. Yeah. So my point is everything I'm trying to do is transparency and try to be ethical and try to put the power back in the company's hands. When I work for a company and we work for them for 10 years, I have a client right now that, I, that hired me in 2005. Yeah. You think I've been successful with them? Think I've made a lot of money on them? Absolutely. Do you think they'd keep me around on a month-to-month contract if in 14, 15 years I haven't produced for them every single month? Right. That's the way to win. That's the way the companies should take back control of the marketing game. And that's lie number one in the book. But that's sort of the premise for the whole book. And it keeps you on your toes as a marketer, right? Um, that you, you need yes. to keep thinking and, right. and not just thinking tactically, because it's month to month, that makes you think, well, maybe it's too tactical of a relationship. But in that, in those months, you've got to think further ahead for them and be strategic. So how, how do you balance that with the feeling that you're kind of taking one hill at a time with the big picture? Well, you nailed it. What it also does is everybody in my company is all about the bottom line and service. That's all it is. And so if that's our mindset, then we have team members on our team and that all they do is think about strategic decisions and long-term decisions. How are we taking them from 30 days to 60 days to six months? And that is so critical to the success process. Because we're always we're playing a chess game, not a checkers game. I guess that's the best way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're thinking strategic. We're executing every day the critical drivers, the, the the tactics, but they all fall in line with a strategic plan. And the strategic plan is based on the data that we get back on their customers or their clients. It is not a listen around the conference room and let's come up with a couple ideas for our clients. 
Where'd you get those ideas? I don't know. We just brainstorm. That is not my right. approach. That's not, <laughs> I look at data and I make decisions and yeah. then I go test them to see if they work. And if they work, we use them more. And if they don't work, they get thrown out. Let's talk more about data. We mentioned it earlier. I think that the, the importance of data is hard to underestimate as a marketer. It's the most critical component and 95% of marketing agencies aren't doing it. So if they aren't doing it, again, as a business owner, you're putting yourself in a position to lose and not grow your business. And I'll reverse it. I have plenty of people that come into um, our company and say, "Uh, we don't want to invest in tracking the data of our customers. We actually just want you guys to run some Facebook ads. uh, (laughs) and, And here's a big check for it. We're excited about the get rich quick pill. And with everybody, I tell them the same thing. I'm not going to do that. I don't work with any company that doesn't follow the data, that doesn't invest in tracking their client base to understand. And you know, the funny thing is this, when we overlay a customer client list for one of our clients, it tells us what they do, not what they say. Mm-hmm. What people say is a lot different than what they do. I believe the truth lies in what people do, not yeah. always what they say. And obviously, I learned that because I come from politics. From politics, right. sure. All right, next time, Philip and I will get on to politics and also how Philip is living with an incurable disease. It is a story of perseverance that we can all learn from. So tune in next time. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. Stay home for the greater good. Secondhand smoke doesn't. It drifts through cracks in walls, air vents, and sink drains, spreading toxic chemicals that can damage lungs. Secondhand vape also puts your lungs at risk, even with the fruity smells. Protect yourself and the people around you from these secondhand dangers. Learn how at tobaccofreeca.com.